Hello and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN and Pingdom and Bro. I'm Simone Rochefort, video producer at Polygon.com, and I am here today gleefully with Christina Warren, senior cloud developer advocate at Microsoft, and Brianna Wu, Democratic candidate for Congress, formerly hold of on, Disneyland. Hold on. Stop the show. Stop the show, Simone. Yes, ma'am. Did you say you're a video producer at Polygon? That's not true. <gasps> I think you are a wolf. I heard the wolf. <laughs> That's your new title on the show. You're part wolf, so you're a wolf. You're a wolf. <laughs> you shouldn't believe everything that you read online, you guys. What? I, I just feel like over the years of Rocket... I feel like you've exhibited many wolf-like qualities on this show. So, Christina, I'm going to turn to you very somberly and say, is Simone a wolf? I'm going to say yes. I told you guys I didn't want to talk about the time I peed all over the floor. (laughs) (laughs) So, in case you hadn't guessed by now, uh, today we will be... Digging into a delicious dessert with uh, the Van- Vanity Fair profile on Elizabeth Holmes. But before that, we have some juicy, juicy tech for you. We'll be talking about Mobile World Congress and the cool things that people have seen there, such as foldable phones. Yeah, get ready to hear about that for the next five years of the show. Um, mm-hmm. And then we'll be talking about uh, probably the most depressing story of the week, which is uh, The Verge's recent report on what it's like to be a Facebook moderator at a, a certain workplace in Arizona. Spoilers, it sucks. <laughs> but we're saving that for later. We're gonna We're gonna bring you in nice and hot. <laughs> with some good old-fashioned hard tech news y'all let's talk about those foldable phones i'm so here for it i'm so here for it i'm so here for it i'm excited i just i sent that uh so at the verge has a great video about huawei's new phone uh the huawei mate x and i sent it to emmett and my best friend emmett and he is it blew his mind it was it's like such a I feel a, an intrinsic primitive reaction to seeing this happening with this technology that we think we know. And then suddenly it's folding and you're like, <gasps> what? And suddenly phones are weird again. Um, phones this is something are that weird. I, so. Yeah. This is something that the, the Dieter and, and uh, Neelai both at The Verge have been like tweeting about. And I'm in total agreement. Like phones have been boring for such a long time. Mm-hmm. Like everybody, like there was a time before the iPhones that there were weird phones. And even after the iPhone, there were like weird phones. And for the last, I don't know, five or six years, it's just been like blank slab after blank slab. And there hasn't really been anything that unique. I mean, you had like BlackBerry. I think the iPhone things. ten that was pretty unique. Like that was yeah, that was an like, interesting but, phone. But it was still all like all function. And right, this yeah, this is function, fair. but this is also bananas. Yeah, right, right, it's right. weird. Like it's like, weird. like like the iPhone ten like was still like a progression of like what you had with you know other iphones this is a foldable phone like (laughs) yeah like the iphone is such a like it's your business phone like you you can picture an executive having it and an executive would have would have this phone too but on the moon because (laughs) there are moon prints so yeah the huawei mate x is i think the first one we want to talk about um 
Vlad from The Verge actually did get to touch it. At first, they were not letting anyone touch it. Yeah, I was going to say, you haven't let anyone touch it, so I, I've missed out on this. So, so they actually let Vlad touch the phone. <laughs> yes. So, oh. yes. Basically, the, this particular phone, um, unlike the Samsung which folds like a book. This one folds in the opposite way of a book. So uh, it has a thicker part on one side that becomes like a grip, and then it folds reverse book style um, into that and, and actually folds flat because of that. And all of the cameras and the batteries are housed in that grip. And he said it actually feels quite, quite heavy. He was surprised at how heavy it felt based on like how lightly and easily the Huawei representative had been handling it. Um, and he did not like the feel of the grip, but as far as everything else, it sounds like an incredibly cool mm -hmm. prototype. Like it's extremely large. It's eight. It's something like eight inches. It's almost square when it's unfolded and it has screens on both sides. So you can actually have when it's folded shut, you can have screen on one side and then screen on the outward facing side. So one of the, the use cases that he talked about was actually having it show when you're taking a picture of someone on the outside of the phone, which I think yeah. is safe and cool, <laughs> but also uh, just nuts. It's nuts. The whole you, thing there's is so just many nuts. functions on it. Like this is all happening in this one device and it folds. I love it. Okay. I love it. Like okay. I, I, I'm definitely into this. I'm definitely, and I'm not going to lie to anyone on the show. When it comes out, I am going to have to like have a pact with Christina to not go buy. We're not one buying of these. them. We're not buying them. We're, We're not, not buying them. We're, We're putting not, that out there right not. now. We're going to wait for We're the reviews, and it will be mediocre, and we will not buy. It. We will wait for Apple. You're waiting make for one the of Apple these. version. Yeah, absolutely. right. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Oh God! And how many? I mean, this this phone is already twenty six hundred dollars. The Mate X. How much is the Apple version going to be? Okay, if, that, if Apple is smart, they won't. It won't be this much because Apple won't have a prototype. It'll actually have a real thing. Like, look at twenty six hundred dollars and two thousand dollars. We're getting ahead of ourselves, but I'm just going to say this: neither Huawei nor Samsung are expecting to sell large quantities of this. Mm -hmm. Period. More to the point, I don't believe that not that that I company um, would have the ability to sell large quantities. Mm hmm. Honestly, like when you set the price this high and this isn't like a aspirational, like, oh, you know, Apple's testing to see how much they can sell iPhones for. This is like a part of the reason we're selling this for so much money is because we don't have the manufacturing capabilities to like mass mass produce this. It's a genuine like conversation right. starter, weird next gen thing that not everyone will have. But right, it, it's, talking... it's like the first OLED uh, devices. Like they were super, super, super expensive, but a few years later, you know, they were affordable. So, well, more affordable. But the thing is with this, if we're we're looking at how this gets to like a a device is truly useful, like right now, generally speaking, I carry my iPhone 10 and I carry my iPad Pro 11 inch with me everywhere I go because having a nice big screen is helpful for so many use cases enough that I will haul around the second gadget with me. That said, I can't, even if you could unfold an iPhone to be like you know, seven, eight inches, like even like small tablet size, the additional battery that you would need added to all the hinge mechanisms, 
I think that you could probably have a decent tablet in that size, but you're never going to have a decent phone, like something you can really hold one handed. Mm -hmm. The battery inside of it is always going to be like really innately heavy. So I think it's going to be until like we, we push through on this battery limitation with lithium ion batteries that we're just not going to, we're not going to get the device we're all kind of thinking of with this. It's going to be a weird, heavy compromise. But yeah, Brie, I mean, that's not exciting and weird. And I would say this. I think that once this gets out of the non-prototype phase, you could make the argument that you're right. This might not replace like the, the speltness and, and the whatnot that you want for like your day-to-day phone. But, and I think this is a good thing, like, we are because you bring up a good point. Like phones are getting bigger in size, and then it's like, where do tablets fit in? You want more space and whatnot. Like it's a, not a bad compromise. Like if it were me, if I were looking at buying a tablet, I might be more inclined to buy a tablet that could fold, even if it were thick, and become, mm. you know, a phone, something that I could use one handed, than I would be to buy like another iPad. Yeah, that's, or something could fit in a purse more easily. Right, I mean, exactly. That and that's would be the thing. Great it's, it's, like, it's, it's like I might primarily use it folded out in large, right? Mm-hmm. But I would like the idea of being able to fold it and make it smaller, even if it was thicker, even if there are battery compromises, whatever. Like, I don't necessarily think that, I, I agree with you, I think long-term, Brie, that the only way this replaces like two devices is if we can solve the battery thing. But I could see myself being like, all right, look, I'll still have my iPhone, Mm-hmm. But rather than buying, you know, my iPad, I get this foldable thing. I like that- the nuance of that, like a phone that folds bigger versus a tablet that folds smaller. That's interesting. Yeah, because yeah, that's because that's the way I would kind of feel about it. Is I feel like I looking at these things, I feel like their fundamental use case is as a tablet, the fact that it gets bigger. Mm-hmm. But you can pocket it, you can make it, you know, like a, a, a one-handed use thing too, which which would be awesome. Yeah. Um, but regardless of, of the, the you know, feasibility of this, and look, they're expensive. They let Vlad touch it, but they're not letting other people, like Samsung, to my knowledge, still doesn't let anybody do this. They're doing the nope. Galaxy Fold. They announced theirs first. Huawei's will probably not hit the United States because Huawei. Um, LG has been talking about these things too. These things are all... I think rightfully critiqued as well, prototype. Let's talk about Samsung's Galaxy Fold because that actually that one has a release date of April twenty sixth and a marginally Soon. lower price tag at nineteen hundred eighty one thousand nine hundred eighty dollars. It's also slightly smaller, but we know a lot more about the software on that one versus the Huawei, which is kind of a. They, they, he talked a bit about the the battery and the processor. It's all uh, Huawei tech in the Mate X. But with the Galaxy Fold, we know it it will support Android Pie. We know it has universal flash storage, which is awesome. It has three app multitasking and it has six cameras. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. So we know a lot more about this one. Yeah, yeah. It and needs I, and to I, be seven cameras before I'll buy it. Honestly, yeah. yeah. And and I think that, I mean, and also, you know, like the, and, and it's Samsung, so it's it's going to have you know, more of an ecosystem and and be more likely that people will actually build things to support it. Not to say that I mean, Huawei is a big phone maker, make no mistake, but because Samsung is actually like the number one phone maker, you know, these devices are weird. And, and like the one of the big questions is like, okay, so how are apps going to work on this? And I've been trying to figure that out. 
um, Samsung by, they haven't made, like neither company has really made their, their software kind of things open, but I've, um, but Samsung has at least in the past said that they're going to be using or have been trying to use, you know, as close as possible to standard, um, you know, Android SDKs as possible, which means that in theory that it shouldn't be like ridiculous for, you know, apps to be able to be built in to support, um, this sort of thing that they want to, um, Whereas Huawei might be more complicated, I don't know. But that's always that's always the one thing with Android that you always have to kind of think about is that if it's not Google making it, and even if it is, mm-hmm. there's not a guarantee that other app people develop it. But like yep. it, the the hard thing is is that even though Samsung is is you know the biggest phone maker in the world, people app developers don't go out of their way to support weird Samsung stuff. Yeah. So that that does pose a problem with like how well is this going to work with existing apps and, and what, what work will developers have to do to like make this work? Cause one of the big things, as you say, is, you know, the, the three app multitasking, which is cool. But the bigger thing is the idea that when the fold is folded and like, it's folded like a book and you're using it, you know, like the, the phone, the idea is that when you open it up, it's able to tell the other screen, Hey, this app, this is where it is. And now it's going to go into this larger mode, which is kind of cool. Right. But like, if that doesn't work, and you have to maybe manually open an app up, and mm. it goes to you know display mode, maybe it, like that. That lose. I mean, you know, the whole point of this thing, the whole way that this works, is the seamlessness, right? Because otherwise, yeah. like, it mm. looks really cool, but who cares? Yeah. So that that'll be the interesting thing to see. I'm really I. I don't, I used to like watch every single uh, iFixit teardown of an iPhone. I don't watch those as, as feverishly as I used to because <laughs> it's just less and less interesting. I am unbelievably interested in seeing this torn oh, down. Yes. Because there's, if you've ever, like, I, 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 I've never touched one personally in real life. If you watch videos of people working with folding screen technology, there's there's like a limit. And it, it certainly looks like if you, like if you have like a big rolling, like fold up LCD screen, it feels like there's to limit there if you fold it anymore where it could break. So that makes the hinge mechanism in this incredibly important because yep. if you think about how expensive it is to like fix the screen if you yeah. break it on your iPad it's going to be way more expensive for this so i'm really really keenly interested in what type of hinge are they using in the the phone because it's got to be strong and light but it's also got to like create the rigidity when it locks into place. So is it going to be like a barrel hinge? Is it going to well, be a and butterfly hinge? And how it feels hinge? is so important too yeah, as, totally. as, a, as user experience. Uh, I believe in uh, Dieter's write-up, he said Samsung says that it can be folded 200,000 times. And they did the math, and that's 100 folds per day for five years. I can't believe I'm remembering this off the top of my head. <laughs> well done. But uh, I, 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 as a person who has never folded a phone, have no concept of how many times a day I would want to fold a phone. I mean, 100 does seem like a hefty amount of folds. Um, but, I mean, I think this just kind of highlights how experimental this all is and how prototypical. Yeah, totally. Which, you know what, like... I will say this. I'm not going to recommend that anybody go out and buy either of these unless Throw you just have... Throw your phone in the garbage. Samsung is giving you like 
six cameras for the price of three. What are you waiting <laughs> I mean, for? Well, I'm just saying, like, look, look, <laughs> if, if you are independently wealthy or this is how you choose to spend your money, like, I'm not going to judge you or shame you at all because, come on, I'm Christina. Uh, this is, uh, <laughs> I, I'm not buying this just because it reaches past the threshold of what I will piss money away on. But, um, I'm not going to shame anyone who does. That said, even though I'm definitely of like the opinion, I'm like, I'm not spending my money on this. I'm not going to recommend you spend your money on it unless you know what you're getting into. I do want to say how excited I am that these things are being made and productized. Oh. I don't care how, like a lot of the critique, usually from, I'm going to be honest, from the Apple contingent is is like, oh, well, this is such a prototype and blah, 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 blah. And this looks terrible. I don't care. Like it's exciting. And if this is the direction that things are going in, like let's make known a mistake. Apple will be doing something like this with one of their devices. And then we're all going to be slobbering for it. We all want Apple <laughs> to come out with this tomorrow because we know that they would do it correctly. I'm just happy to see some innovation and some weirdness and somebody doing something different. Like, this I don't care joy. the prototype. It, exactly. Thank you. Thank you, Marie Kondo. It does spark joy. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I want you to know that I did write down what you just said about um, if you're independently wealthier, this is how you choose to spend your money. I won't judge you. I'm not buying this because it passes the threshold of what I will piss money away on. Christina Warren, 2019. (laughs) I'm I'm just going to leave that there in the dock. She will buy this phone by the end of the show. That's my guess. (laughs) She's going to time travel to April 26th and buy the phone. No, you're not going to buy the phone. Don't listen to us, Christina. (laughs) Don't do it. Don't no, do, do it. it. Unless the reviews it. are pretty good. No, even then, $2,000. That's yeah, a come lot. On. I'm sorry. Like, that's... No. Can we have one more little tete-a-tete on the foldable phones? Uh, which fold direction do you guys like more? I like the Huawei one more, I'm going to be honest. Honestly, I like it too. I didn't... When I read that it was reversed, I was like, ugh. But then comparing the videos, I feel like it looks more elegant and it closes more elegantly. Yep. And it reminds me of like having like um like a notebook you know, that you, like, flip on, on its back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, it, the, like, he showed video of it using the phone being its own damn kickstand when it's folded, like, partially in half. You can, Totally. You can use your $2,000 phone as its own kickstand. Which I love. And then you can yeah. also have, you could, you could conceivably have, like, I mean, they didn't show this off, but in theory, you could have, like, two videos playing on it at once whatever i'm watching a video you're watching a video i mean that would be pretty awesome it's fine so so simone you know what type of hinge will let you fold it in half and use it as its own kickstand tell me a butt hinge (laughs) (laughs) episode title it feels the best it feels feels very good okay so More delicious tech news. Actually, before we get to more delicious tech news, I'd like to tell you that this episode of Rocket is brought to you by ExpressVPN. We could probably all hold our hands up and admit cybercrime is something we think happens to other people. Honestly, even though we do cybercrime topics like every week, I still... It's never happened to me. Whatever. Who would want your data, right? Who? Uh, well, I mean, look, my dad has been the victim of ransomware twice. There you go. Well, that's the bad news. Stealing data from people like you and me using public Wi-Fi is one of the simplest ways for hackers to make their darn money. If you leave your internet connection unencrypted, your passwords and credit card numbers 
are vulnerable. Vulnerable, but there's something that you can do to protect yourself from cyber criminals. What's that? Start using ExpressVPN, Christina. Yes. And in addition, I will say, I know that the whole point of this ad read, and, and I'm sure this is what they want us to talk about, is to protect your 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 data and your security. And that's absolutely a great way to use a VPN. You know what's also a great way to use a VPN? Protecting your data. And protecting your data. But also if you, I don't know, like live on the West Coast and need to watch TV on the East Coast. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Man, I was so jealous of your West Coast Oscar start time. But, but, uh, well, but wait, let fair. me hand this over back to my... Back to my friend who has something mm-hmm. to say about yes. ExpressVPN, which works by securing and anonymizing your internet browsing. It encrypts your data and hides your public IP address with easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your device. Simone, do you want to take over the rest of this? Yeah, sure. Uh, let me talk in my normal voice so that people don't get too <laughs> freaked out. Okay, I didn't realize that I was freaky. Talk to you later. <laughs> yeah, bye. <laughs> Annie isn't here, Mrs. Torrance. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so glad she's gone. I honestly don't even know her name. Uh, I, I I forgot it, and ever since then, it's just been too awkward to ask. Because, you know, when you talk to someone totally, that often, it's totally. like, oh, and then, like, it, Yeah, no, it's weird. Like, it... it it, it, it it's weird even for you yeah totally oh, i should have done the thing where i introduced you guys and was like hey christina and brianna and then you know that th- this is anyway it, it's an old trick you can turn on express vpn protection with just one click and then you're free to surf safely on public wi-fi without being snooped on or having your personal data stolen express vpn totally. was rated the number one vpn service by Tech Radar. It even comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Think about how much public Wi-Fi you could browse in 30 days. Or, or for or, example... Or airport Wi-Fi. Airport Wi-Fi. Or how much TV you could watch in a different mm-hmm. location in 30 days. Uh, Christina, how much TV do you watch in 30 days? A lot. <laughs> does watching that much TV in 30 days give you peace of mind? It does. It does, especially when I know that I can get the 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 TV that I need. It's uh, it it makes me feel really good that that my location isn't uh, responsible for where I am. No, I'm I'm a fan. Never be held back by time zones again. Exactly, and also like, but but real talk, like I do spend a lot of time in um in airports, and so like when we think about like public uh, Wi-Fi, like a lot of times you think like, oh well, you know, Starbucks is not da 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 da, but like you're in an airport, you're in another country, you don't want to go through your international data plan because you only have 500 megabytes a day or whatever, so you connect to the public you do internet, you do it, and and then you're like wait, should I actually be, you know, doing things on this? And then you stop caring because you want to check your social media and watch your TV. Exactly. So, like, this is where ExpressVPN is very Mm -hmm. useful. Your lizard brain does not care about these things, but you can. And you can make Mm -hmm. things better for your lizard brain when it connects to the public Wi-Fi. For less than, guess what, $7 a month, you can get the same ExpressVPN protection that I have and my little friend. If you ever use public Wi-Fi and want to keep bad dudes away from your data, you need ExpressVPN. So go to expressvpn.com slash rocket to learn more. Protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months 
for free. What? At expressvpn.com slash rocket. That's expressvpn.com slash rocket for three months free with a one-year package. Nuts. Thanks to ExpressVPN for your support of Rocket and all of Relay FM. Dieter at The Verge got to check out the HoloLens 2, the Enterprise-only $3,500 HoloLens 2, which he says is in every way a huge step up from HoloLens 1 um, and addresses the thing that everyone was most upset about, which is the field of view. Guess what? It's bigger now, and they've got lasers. And a billion cameras in that thing. Yeah, I'm really, I think, I, I if I had to pick one of the two devices I'm more excited about, I think foldable phones is sexy. But HoloLens 2, I mean, this just really looks like a big advance forward for AR. And I'd love to get your opinion on it, but what I love about this is they're coming out at a high price point for this, and they're just flat out telling you. They're like, this is not a consumer device. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do not buy this if you're a gamer or just a casual person wanting to plug this into your computer. We're like the video for it. It shows doctors in an operating room that may need to get information or people on a construction site that might need to have information about what they're doing, like hooked up to their vision. And they're like, we are going to sell this only to companies, only for like, you know, uh, commercial corporate uh, uses. And I really like that because I think, I think like I've finished Blake's book between now and the last rocket and a really big reason I think it failed, uh, you know, VR failed is ultimately didn't get the software, didn't get the experiences there that they needed to justify it by, by targeting it at like the medical industry or the construction industry, they can make these boring but utterly functional apps from professionals that really, really uh, can benefit from this. So, um, you know, Christine, I know you you work at Microsoft, so it may be harder for you to gush about a product. But what I see here is a, just a huge step forward. I'm super pumped about it. Yeah, I hope I can use it, um, to be honest. I haven't been able to see this or use it. I, so I'm very jealous that, that Dieter had the opportunity. Um, and yeah, and, and and obviously it is weird, you know, because I work at Microsoft and I want to be, like, I don't want to come across as, um, you know, like a, a, a shill in, in, in some way. But what I would say is I agree with you in the sense that I do like that this is being positioned and frankly has pretty consistently been positioned. I would even say from the first generation, um, when it was first introduced, I think that there was maybe more of a, um, kind of idea that, that HoloLens might be more consumer based, but it, it has been pretty consistently, um, since even before I started at the company, um, those products that's like, this is for the enterprise, you know, this is for other people. And, and so, and I appreciate that if I'm being honest, because I think that that is, as you said, probably the only way we can kind of go forward is and and, and get a lot of things done is to um, have people who are willing to pay for this stuff to make the technology better. So I do appreciate that this is that they've identified people who are actually willing to use HoloLens. They're making it better. They're improving field of view. They're, you know, working on, on things like wearing it for long periods of time, you know, trying to get the battery better. Um, 
and and then you know focusing on helping people build applications in instances where it's going to be useful and actually you know change things. Mm-hmm. Um, the interview that that the Dieter did, um, you know, the guy even said like this is you know way better than our first version, but it's still not good enough to be a consumer product. That's a really bold thing to say. You wouldn't see a lot of people being willing to say that. And if if the product manager is saying that, then I'm going to agree. I'm I'm going to take him at his word for it. You know, and so I feel yeah, like, but so, I feel so rare that we see things framed in that way. And I, I do find it very interesting and very compelling, especially since they like they very specifically said this is not just enterprise, but specifically for people who are working and who are not tethered to computers like exactly. they're very much like people who are working in the field like your doctor example brie um mm-hmm. yeah and that people, that, in, people me, in construction sites people in yeah. warehouses yeah no and i think that that is one of those like good examples i mean but, it, but it, the, if the if, if the you know product managers is saying this is not ready for um consumers i actually really like hearing that because that means that you're not wasting our time the way that maybe some of the other things have been, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. It's like, it's like Oculus tried to go so big. And I mean, even Blake's title of this book, right? It's the history of the future. That's, it's such a, a really, really hugely bold prediction. And if you're trying to promise the moon and people are like, okay, yeah, I get it. I'm going to go buy this. I'm going to do it. And they're not getting that experience. I think it's why like it, it, it just kind of petered out. Yeah. So I, yeah. And I, and I would go even further, not just petering out, but you have the risk. So we've seen this before. We've seen this with other technologies before where people are promised something, they don't get the experience they expect, and then it turns people off of an entire category for a really long period of time. Right. And and I think that for something like AR and VR, that's really unfortunate that you might have some people who were not the enthusiasts who, you know, it, to Oculus's benefit until Facebook bought them, the whole way that it had been positioned, even when it was on Kickstarter, was for enthusiasts, Right. And then it shifted into a mass market thing. And then your expectations become different. And I think it's it's more helpful to be honest about where things are so that people getting involved aren't going to potentially be turned off of an entire category of technology and, and be afraid to look at it five or 10 years in the future when things might be different and better. Yep. Yeah. I mean, like some applications I would... I would pay $3,000 for, um, like my motorcycle helmet. Uh, when you're driving a motorcycle, you cannot look at a map safely because you've got on heavy gloves, so you can't use a touch screen. I would pay absolutely $3,000 for that integrated into my helmet so I could see where I was driving. Totally. That's a safety issue. That's that's absolutely worth, that's worth it. Or being me being a politician and being in an event and being able to see people's names so I can oh God, like that would be incredible. That. Mm-hmm. That, that would be a very, very helpful feature. So I think it's like thinking about these 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 really, really narrow use cases 
That's what AR needs to be. It doesn't need to be this huge vision for the future where it's like, you know, the Black Mirror episode, you're walking around and it's tied into every single system. Just give me something that's really, really helpful in like one or two situations where it really matters. Mm -hmm. That's what we need. And I think that's how you get AR and VR back on track. So anyway, I'm very excited. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I, I'm hoping that I, uh, if anybody uh, working on the Holland team is listening to this, please let me play with it, because uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I, but, but I, but I think it's really cool. I, I, I am, um, and I, I'm excited to see what happens. And, and I also, like I, like I said, I do appreciate the honesty about where it is and where it might not be. But I think it's, it's super cool. Um, although I do understand why some people might be disappointed that, you know, it's like. Oh, I thought we were all going to get to play with this. It's like, eh, no, you're going to need specific use cases. But psych. <laughs> Sorry. But like, but but it, hopefully, I mean, you know, knock on wood, the idea would be that once these things are are figured out, then I mean, we it's can just all- the beginning, right? Like, this is they're making a second one because they are committed to it. It's not a flash in the pan, and someday, like with cell phones the technology is going to be affordable enough and um marketable enough that i can have one and then i can do absolutely nothing with it because i'm not because it really does it 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 seems like it's something that is so well suited to be an enterprise product like i I think it's awesome as heck but i don't know where that would fit into like me chilling in my home you know yeah maybe i'm watching tv maybe i'm lying in bed watching tv on it I mean, okay, I- I'll tell you this where watching TV, watching bed and TV would be awesome, right? So yeah. you're watching TV and then you can see pop ups of like where what every person is starred in and like you get to see like IMDb like in real time. Yeah. Yeah. You're I'm right. not okay, even going to lie. That would be great. I, you know what I would also love because I'm so ADD. If I could like watch TV and then also get like a pop up of like what's happening in the news or on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I'm not spending $3,000 on it, which is why it needs time. Time to cook with the experts. This episode of Rocket is also brought to you by our brilliant friends over at Pingdom. Pingdom are brilliant because they help keep your sites and the sites that you love online. Pingdom monitor your site so that you don't have to do it. And they give you real-time feedback so you know exactly what's going on at all times. The internet is very cool. Well, that, that's that. Well, jury's out on that one. But what is true is that stuff does break all the time. Pingdom detects 13 million outages thereabouts every month. That is more than 400,000 outages every day. It doesn't matter. If you're a startup or a Fortune 500 company, you need to be alerted about any critical website issues before it's too late. Pingdom lets you customize how you're alerted, depending on the severity of the outage, and they'll also track and analyze your website's load times so that you can see what is affecting the user experience. If you have a website of any size, you absolutely need Pingdom, and they have a no-fuss approach to getting started. All they need is a URL that you want to monitor, and uh, boom, that's it. That All they need is the URL. They'll take care of the rest. You can go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. And then when you sign up, you can use the offer code ROCKET at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Thank you so much, Pingdom, for your support of this show and RelayFM. 
Hey, who wants to bring the mood way down? <laughs> yeah, so we talked about fun things. That was a lot of fun. I liked talking but about the beautiful be new technology. After this. Yes, that's exactly yeah. it. This is this is what we call like a reverse. This is what we call like a, a, a reverse fun sandwich. Yes. It's like it's like two fun pieces of bread and some not fun stuff in the middle. But you know what? The bread is really tasty. So stay tuned for more of the bread. But yeah, let's let's get into this not that pleasant filling. Bread's so good. But uh Casey Newton at the Verge today published a lengthy and crucial reports on what life is like in one of Facebook's content moderation uh, facilities where contract workers review flagged posts on Facebook, um, which sometimes can contain videos of extremely violent content, sometimes might just be text posts of hate speech, things like that, that they're exposed to for hours and hours at a time. Um, and basically it gets into the men- the the trauma that these workers have as a result of being exposed to basically a verbal and video audio cesspool of the worst of humanity um, while also having extremely limited, extremely regimented time during the workday, extremely limited breaks during that time, limited access to mental health resources um, and healthcare, all of which cut off immediately if they stop being employed at Facebook because they are contract workers. Um, and also the huge pay discrepancy that they have uh, compared to full-time Facebook workers who make hundreds of thousands of dollars. The people who work on the moderating team uh, make less than $30,000 yeah. A year. Um, this is one of those stories that makes me feel like we should just turn the internet off for a while. Because I, yeah. I, I think where what it left me feeling is my corner of the internet is so relatively sanitized compared to a lot of it. And the fact that there is this very thin buffer working to protect hopefully the majority of us from the worst of what happens online and that these people are being traumatized at work and then kind of abandoned and also the fact that most of these like 30,000 Facebook employees who work in content moderation um or sorry sorry 30,000 30, employees working on safety and security half of whom are content moderators a lot of them um were are not even based in the US. So right. we are we've created this sort of invisible monster where traumatic labor is being outsourced with extremely yep. low rewards and very little care for for how those people are treated and this is something that I have I I tend to not even be cognizant of because I'm so protected where I am on the internet. Um, and it's clearly a problem that is not endemic. It's not specific to Facebook. It's, I imagine, no. a problem for every... Don't, don't run for Congress. No, don't, I, I, I don't want to run say, for Congress. Um, don't worry Adrian about it. Chen, Adrian Chen of The New Yorker um, uh, wrote a thing um, a number of years ago about this. Uh, and and it, 
he was one of the first people who really kind of highlighted, I think in his case, he was looking at, at Twitter moderators about kind of the, the mental and kind of emotional toll um, that these things could have. And, and I thought that the Casey's report was really good. Um, I thought that Facebook, who of course issued a response and, and, and I should note, everybody should, should read Casey's report because it's, it's really well written. It's a long form piece. He'd been hearing from people. He got a lot of details about this facility in Phoenix. When he went to Facebook, they actually arranged for him to have a meeting at this place and then talk to people, who they say voluntarily, you know, who were like, oh, I, I think that even though this is upsetting and the job is kind of whatever, I, I'm happy to have this job. Um, and and but But the most insidious part to me, I thought, was the fact that in the day before his visit, they put up, they like made the office look different. Mm-hmm. They put up posters and motivational posters and added color and and it really seemed, you know, like propaganda tactics, uh, yep. which which were really disturbing. Like to me, that uh, someone else commented on this. Uh, Kevin Roos, the New York Times, commented on this that, that that's what really bothered him. And I'll be honest, like of all the terrible things, I think that was the part that really just kind of made me cringe the most. Mm-hmm. Was the fact that in light of these you know, reports that they knew were happening, they are able to get, they, they still kind of tried to snow Casey and, and, and to his credit, he wasn't snowed, but they, they tried to like, you know, yeah. on a front. Can I say something about that? Like yeah. they, they brought him in, they fly him down. He sits down. They bring in psychologists. They bring in two of the psychologists, the the therapists that are there on staff for people. And Case has got a quote that I swear to God, I had to close the phone and just start swearing when I read it. And a psychologist is sitting there and he brings up, well, there's post-trauma uh, growth. And what happens is sometimes when people are exposed to severe amounts of trauma, they come back from it stronger. And then the psychologist gives this example of a very famous uh, activist that was shot in the head and managed to come back for it and advocate for women's education. And it's so unbelievably tone deaf a thing and callous, to say frankly. and callous to say in that time in that time. Um also so I want to circle around to just some of the the base things that Casey uncovered in this story. Mm-hmm. He also found that people working at the site for almost no money were being inculcated into extremist uh, like conspiracy theories, like thinking Sandy Hook never happened, thinking 9-11 was like a government yep. plot, uh, like being exposed to this stuff fundamentally changing their ability to appraise reality, and also needing to do drugs to get through a day. Like they talks a lot about marijuana use. I strongly believe in like legal marijuana, but I don't believe in work conditions being so abusive that you've got to smoke up just to get through your mm-hmm. work day. No, totally. I mean, and one thing I would say, so there's there's been some uh, critique on Casey's piece and some of the some of the critiques have been that Okay, well, what do you want from people? Because you're you're asking, you know, two things. You're saying Facebook and 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 their companies need to get rid of all of this terrible content, and then you're saying, okay, oh, but when people, you know, are doing this, then we're complaining that this this job is so terrible. 
Um, I think that that critique is really cynical. I think that you can have both conversations. I think that you can acknowledge that this is Absolutely. never going to be a good job. I think you can acknowledge that this is never going to be a good job. I think you can acknowledge that this is the sort of job that with humans will never scale that you're going to need to have AI for. And I think you can also say that you should treat people with dignity and respect and not have on regimented time frames where they have to where they get two 15 minute breaks a day, one 30 minute break, where they have one bathroom for a lot of people, you know, where where there there's there's, you know, two urinals and a stall for the men and three stalls for women. And they were only, you know, recently allowed to go upstairs to use another bathroom, where there aren't enough lockers for people to store their belongings, where, you know, people don't have, um, you know, the 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 uh, counselors that are supposed to be on staff aren't there at all times. Where people can't have their phones, have to have, can't use writing utensils, have to have any, you know, other things in, you know, plastic see-through, you know, containers on their desks. Like they're going on an airplane. Exactly. Like, like really terrible work environments. Because here's the thing. I think that there's something to be said about the fact that this is a rough job, Right. And I think that there's also something to be said that this is probably a job that is not the sort of thing that you're ever going to be able to pay like the full-time Facebook salaries for, right? Like that's just, it, it doesn't scale. But I think that you can say, A, you can pay more than what they're getting paid. Um, uh, or I, I would even argue for some of the individuals, depending on what part of the country they're in, the pay might not be the, the bad thing. In fact, the pay is what's forcing them into this, right? They're taking this job because it's more than the minimum wage and because it's more than make, they can make in retail. But the trade-off is that they have these terribly regimented conditions and then they're exposed without any um, support system to all these awful things. And it's yeah. like, you can, you can, you can give them more support. You cannot make the workday so terrible. You can, you know, actually, you know, give people outlets. And then also I think that the, one of the big things is I realize they need people, whether they're in, you know, the United States or outside to do this work, you can prepare people to let them know this is what the scenario is going to be. Yeah. And, and, and we, and, and be honest and, 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 you know, let people know you may not be right for this. Um, and, you know, there, there are ways that you can get, that you can make the process better. It might not never, ever be good, but it can be better. I mean, look, I haven't seen the things that these people have seen and I haven't seen some of the things that Brie has seen, but I will say in my, you know, 10 plus years as a journalist, I've seen some pretty terrible things and it does get to you. And it certainly was one of those things where I wasn't exposed to it every day, all day, where that was part of my job, right? Where like I wasn't inundated, but when the beheading videos were happening and they were on social media and you have to check them out or when there are, you know, like caches of, of, of data that, that might, you know, contain personal information is out or when a mass shooting happens and you have to go through the social media profiles and postings of, you know, somebody who, you know, was involved or there are other terrible things that happen. Like you're exposed to those things and it does get to you. It's hard. It's not fun. Um, and, and it's not something that I would wish on anyone. And I certainly have experienced way less of it than what these people have, but I had the benefit of a, it not being something that I was forced to do for hours on end without feeling like I could take a break. B was paid more than, you know, what, what these people are, which, which makes it a little bit better and, and C anything most importantly, having, you know, the understanding of people that I worked with of what was going on and, and having that opportunity to maybe opt out, um, yeah. of certain things. What I mean, me- I, I, I have a lot of firsthand lived experience on yeah. this subject and I feel really strongly about a lot of different parts of this. The, the parts of the story that upset me the most is seeing 
that their mental breaks are so regimented. I want to tell you guys, like just reading the story, it gave me flashbacks to Gamergate. And I will mm-hmm. never forget lying on my couch and this this video comes in and it was pictures of dogs being set on fire, uh, living animals. And I just think about that and my hand starts twitching and shaking because it just hit me so much. The fact that they would have that so regimented where they would not be able to take a step away and go get a break. Like you get nine minutes of break for that. F you. Yeah. You know what? That's the kind of thing. If that hits you hard, you need to go be able to take a day because you can't Absolutely. freaking regiment how no. you're going to respond to this stuff. No, you can't. Like and you're a freaking factory worker. Exactly. Now, on well, top of that, the other thing that gets me so angry about this story is Facebook cheaping out. And the second you leave that job, you're fired and you don't have access to their terrible mental health benefits. Yep. Here's a fact. I got not much done during Gamergate because I was had full blown clinical PTSD. And I don't think I would have been employable in a corporate environment. There's a reason sure. Rev 60 took a year longer to come out than it should have, because I was going by on fumes. If you're going to put people into what is an emotional war zone, you need to be committed to provide them health care benefits after they leave the company, mm-hmm. if they have trauma come up. That needs to be a long-term healthcare plan. And Facebook's one of the richest companies on earth. Don't tell me you can't provide those benefits for it. No, I mean, ethical thing. I, I would agree. And I would say, look, I understand using contract companies for some of this, only in the sense that if you need this many people, I can understand how that might be difficult for even very large companies to say, we need to hire another 30,000 people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and do these things. I'm not, but, but I agree with you. A, if you're doing that, you should, you should extend the benefits beyond that B. And this is where I get really mad. I'm not that like, I think that the salary, again, I'm not defending it. I don't think it's great. I think it should be better, but I'm not going to draw a false equivalency and say that it should be equal to like what the, the full timers make, because that's unrealistic. Um, what bothers me more than that though, is the fact that so how these things typically work is the big tech companies and and I should note Microsoft is definitely one of these, you know have um, uh, you know contracts with um, uh, companies with, with with vendor companies and those things are bid on so they pay the vendor company a certain amount of money and then the vendor company takes a certain amount off the top and then pays the employees you know um, whatever rate that they set. I have to imagine that the way that this is working, because all of this is so uh, metric-based, is that Facebook is wanting a certain metric. And so they are putting those requirements on the vendor, who is then passing those on to the employees. And that is why you have the regimented stuff of only two 15-minute breaks and only 30 minutes for lunch. And every time has to be accounted for and you know all these other things. And that's part of what makes this even worse. You're ta- taking something that's PTSD inducing potentially anyway, and then you're making it worse by not giving people the time to actually process what they're doing because the companies have, have agreed to to process X amount of content items per day. Mm-hmm. And that to me is where 
I, I feel like, you know... It shows a, a fundamental underestimation of what the problem is. I agree. Well, well but I, what I think it points out is that Facebook just doesn't care. The, 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 the reason they pass this off to other people is because they didn't want to do this internally. And look, I can understand that. And I can also understand that they might not feel like they're qualified to maybe set things up and whatnot. Fine. But then don't put, don't make it metric-based in this way, which turns people into factory workers. And can we talk about the other extremely uh, frustrating thing about this, or not the only other extremely frustrating thing, but one of the tools that the employees use to receive guidance from their managers is called Workplace, and it's an enterprise version of Facebook that uses an algorithmic uh, timeline. Mm -hmm. So they see instructions from their managers based not on when the instruction was given, but on engagement, which is the exact, the, the just strikes right at the heart of why algorithmic timelines kind of suck overall and super duper suck in a situation where these employees might be responding to a shooting or something and are receiving mixed messages from their managers and are having points deducted from their performance based on judging things wrong because they have, like, gotten instructions that are hours old because those things are at the top of the timeline on Workplace. Well, who decided this? No, it's it's terrible, and it's really bad, and it's really bothersome that, that this is proving where their product fails. And, yep. and, then, and then, then these are the people that get blamed when things aren't removed or when things are removed incorrectly and this and that, you know, because these are the people who are low paid, who aren't actual employees. So they're going to be the ones who take the blame for this because Facebook's going to complain and then complain to the vendor who's then going to, you know, punish the employees. It was interesting too, that, you know, you heard about, so they have like these QA people who are paid a little bit more, who kind of make the decisions about whether or not something was violation of terms or not. And, you know, employees are are given points, you know, based on how much I guess their 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 decision matches the QA persons. And the QA people were talking about how, you know, they were one one of the guys, you know, would come to work with a concealed weapon um because he was he was worried about being attacked, that people would approach him in the parking lot and 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 argue with him about a content decision he made. And again, I think it goes back to the fact that you you know, are are putting these priorities on this this sort of regimented, you know, decision making things where where a you know nuance isn't part of this and and the rules don't always make sense and b you know people feel like if I don't hit these certain metrics then I'm out of a job mm-hmm. which only makes it more stressful and you're already in a stressful situation. It just seems to me like I don't know that there's a good way to have this sort of human interaction where it's it's not going to be a rough job period but i feel like the way that this is being done is one of the worst ways you could do it you know yeah. like i i don't think i'm not going to make the argument you could ever make this a good something that, that a lot of people would want to seek out but you could certainly make it more palatable you could certainly give people more support and you could certainly make it so that other parts of the job aren't so stressful that are driving that that you know exacerbate and um you know, really yeah. make the situation that much worse. Yep. God, I, I wonder what the future of content moderation is going to look like. AI is, is where everyone wants to go. And that's scary, right? Because then I, you miss yeah. out on all the nuance. But but I mean, A, that, that's one of the only reasons you can do it is just the, the sheer amount of content. You know, that that's it. Because the problem is, is, you know, like, 
YouTube had the whole, uh, you know, weird, like, uh, um, you know, a pedophile thing in the comments that they're dealing with where a lot of advertisers are doing backlash that happened last week. And so they're now taking, you know, um, uh, making changes and, and in some cases, you know, demonetizing videos um, that might be completely fine, but where weirdos have, have you know, um, have found their way into the comments and, and have done, you know, said really gross and, and terrible things. The thing is, is that you can set, you know, AI weirdly for visual stuff is easier um, because you you can they they can identify things pretty well and you can say okay we we can recognize this sort of content and maybe you know expressly ban it or whatnot but but the problem is is that when so much stuff is is published all the time there are nuances that you do need you know um, some sort of human to make a decision on and even when you have AI if the things aren't breaking rules, that doesn't mean that other bad things might not still be happening. Yeah. Right. So it's, so, it's, it's, it's a tough, it's tough. I, I, I don't know the solution. I'm, I am skeptical if AI can truly ever solve these problems. The problem with the, with machine learning is it's based on data sets and data sets reflect the biases of the people uh, that are, you know, in that data set. I have worked so many hours for Twitter in back channel over the last few years on certain areas of policy, trying to get them right, just because they were completely uneducated on, on certain issues. And it really took a lot of talking to their team about areas that they just didn't have a lot of experience with. And I'm, I'm glad that we got that better, but it, it, it did involve having humans in the loop and talking to them and, and, and training them. And I just, I, it's, it's really hard, Christina. Cause like on one hand, it's like, just like, I don't think you can ever send somebody into war and not have that mess them up. I don't know if ethically you can ever put someone in this kind of job and not have it affect them deeply. I think it's going to chew and spit up a large number of people out. But at the same time, I think I'm just really not sold that you can't that the AI can do this. Like we're really no, I, trying I'm to monitor you. our, no, our, our I, darkest I, impulses, right? Well, no, I, I, I'm with you. And I also, I mean, and, and the, the thing is, is that, you know, you have to like counteract, like people get very upset and rightfully so when things aren't caught or when they're caught incorrectly. And when people are censored or when content is banned or when people are punished for content that doesn't violate things, right? Like, you know, the models can get things wrong and the models aren't perfect. And, you know, I mean, I think that, that as, you know, again, to the YouTube example, you have content that would not be flagged um, because it's not uh, improper and there's nothing wrong with it. But because people are using it in in grotesque ways and then commenting on it in certain ways, that becomes the issue, right? Like that's the sort of thing that an AI is not going to catch, that that's, it, it is going to have to take humans looking at. And I'm with you. I don't know if there is a way where you can have people doing these types of jobs for large periods of time without messing up. I'm not sure. But I also don't think – but, but, but I fundamentally don't think you can do this without having some sort of – you know, I'm envisioning this just nightmare dystopia future where we have a content moderation union, which oh, yeah. I'm pro union, but the idea of like a world, I mean, we, we might need, we might actually need one. That's actually, I don't think that's a bad idea either, but I also feel like, and, and look, there might be some people who 
are better attuned to being able to tune in and tune out and, and to kind of yeah. get through things, you know, I mean, everyone's brain works differently and, and it, it, there might, there, there are some individuals who might not be as impacted, but I also feel like, like I was saying before, this is the sort of thing where I feel like when people are going in for these jobs, because turnover, this has to be massive which is bad for everyone, right? Because the mm-hmm. more turnover you have, the longer it takes to get people up to speed and to to know yeah. what's good, what's bad. Like it's just a bad thing. But you know, people need to need to know what they're getting in on. Um, but I think what bothers me most is just the lack of of compassion in the workplace. You know, you've got people yep. doing really bad things. Yeah, and I think that that's Facebook's res- message response to that today kind of demonstrated that perfectly. So. I, I, I'm curious to see how this story will develop as people like Adrian Chen and Casey Newton keep reporting on it. Um, And I will soberly (laughs) approach the internet as I continue my browsing. Let's move into the bread portion of our show sandwich. Yes. But first, this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Burrow. Your home is important and you want to come home to somewhere that feels comfortable, maybe even looks stylish. And that's designed to fit you. Burrow is rethinking how people shop for and live with their sofa. And that's why they let you easily customize a high-quality sofa online that ships for free in one week. The Burrow sofa adapts to your dang life. It is scratch and stain resistant, so you don't have to worry about spills. Um, I have <laughs> big news. I did spill on my burrow sofa this week, finally. <laughs> and it's fine. It also has a built-in USB charger, so you can charge your devices right from the sofa. The fabric is totally free of harmful chemicals, and the frame is made from sustainably sourced hardwood. And it's a sofa that grows with you. You can actually make the sofa bigger by adding new pieces, because they all just, like, hook together So you can turn it into a sectional if you move up in the world. I don't know. You can easily set up and and disassemble the sofa with no tools required. And I can vouch for that, too, because I watched two delivery employees build my sofa right in my living room. They just pulled it out of the box and they stuck it all together and they put it against the wall. And then I jumped on it with my long body. And now I've been on it every day since. Love it. Burrow sofas are designed for comfort. You can customize every detail, picking comfy low armrests or stylish high ones. The proprietary foam is supportive, yet super cozy. And they also have a line of stylish pillows and throws made from soft handwoven fabric ready to complement your new sofa. Burrow was recently named one of the best inventions of 2018 by Time Magazine. And you, my friends, can get $75 off your award-winning Burrow sofa by visiting burrow.com slash rocket. That's B-U-R-R-O-W, burrow.com slash rocket for $75 off your order. Thank you so much, Burrow, for your support of Rocket and all of Relay FM. Seriously, I just like... Got a little paper towel wet, and I, like, did the pat thing on my... What did I... I it was tomato soup, actually. Um, that's fine. It's perfectly fine. This couch is really comfortable. <laughs> I, I've been looking at it, to be, to be like, to be real, like, since since we last talked about it, and we talked about it after we did, like, our ad read. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been, I've, I've been looking at it for sure. Um, next time I'm in New York, I think I'm going to check out uh, one of the... Um, 
showrooms so I can see it in person. Yeah, yeah, there's a showroom in Soho. That's the one I went to. I dig it, man. I have no regrets. And it took me so long to pick a couch. (laughs) It was something I was having just like fixations over forever. Anyway, dessert time. Balto. 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 Oh my God. Vanity Fair has a new profile on Elizabeth Holmes, uh, which details... uh, her attitude now. as a CEO of Theranos, her spending habits as CEO oh of Theranos, and her oh my dog God. ownership and her dog, Balto. You oh, guys, never have I been happier to own the domain Theranos.online. Because she is making you proud every week. She is, because when I do eventually launch my, my Theranos merch... There's obviously going to have to be Balto themed merch. Oh my so, God. So, 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 someone please, please tell oh. us about Balto. Okay. I want to talk about Balto. I'm so excited about Local Balto. Local dog owner, okay. Brianna Wu. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So Nick Bilton, who wrote the excellent book, Hatching Twitter. He also wrote the unbelievable book we've read about on the show, American Kingpin. Mm-hmm. He wrote the book, uh, this this story for Vanity Fair about Elizabeth Holmes' last days at uh, Theranos. And the juiciest bit of many juicy bits in the story is all about Balto, the dog. So Elizabeth Holmes came up with a genius plan to rehabilitate her image. And what happened is she got her security detail that put her in this black SUV and took her to the airport where she got on a private plane and flew out to this breeder of huskies and got adopted Balto. (laughs) Balto, she thought he was a dog at that point. He wasn't, but she adopted this husky and brought him back to Theranos. And the thing is, she never bothered to train Balto to housebreak Balto. Absolutely not. Because Balto, and she named him after like Call of the Wild or whatever. She was like, nah. She named him after oh, Balto. She named the him after Balto. Famous dog that brought this drug to this village. Uh, this, uh, what was it? Anti- it's a vaccine in Alaska. Vaccine. Right. To this village in Alaska. But what makes it so ironic is Balto is just the dog that did the last leg of the journey and soaked up all the press. It was all these other dogs before him (laughs) that led the team and did most of the work. Anyway, that's there. So she gets Balto. She doesn't housebreak him. So I want to paint you a word picture of Balto chilling in a meeting at Theranos and Henry Kissinger's in the room. And Balto's just taking a big old pee over in the corner Next to Henry Kissinger because nobody is bothered to housebreak Balto. Oh my God. And his sister's diving to clean it up. And Elizabeth Holmes comes up with this idea that Balto is never going to lead her side. And I I could pass it over to you, Simone. Only you can do it justice. Tell the story of the wolf part of Balto. Yeah, please do. Elizabeth Holmes. I, I don't know how this came up, but at some point she got Balto DNA tested. And huskies, as you know, if you have seen one, they look a lot like wolves. Apparently, most huskies have a tiny trace of wolf in them to this day. Elizabeth Holmes concluded, indeed, that Balto was a wolf. And I quote, in meetings, at cafes, whenever anyone stopped to pet the pup and ask his breed, Holmes soberly replied, he's a wolf. 
which is so much. <laughs> it's just so a good. tiny little bit of wolf. He's a husky. He's no, a it's, it's, no, it's he's it, a no, wolf. He's, sorry, he's a he's wolf. A wolf. I, I love it so much. Also, breaking news on the Elizabeth Holmes front from this story that we learned. So, you know, she broke up with her boo, Sonny Balwani, basically at the same time that the company fell apart. And uh, if you've been listening to um, the excellent podcast, uh, The Dropout, um, which uh, everyone should, um, it's apparently like the number two podcast on all of iTunes or something. Hell yeah. Um, the most recent episode had an interview with Balwani's attorney and had some um, uh, like uh, excerpts from the deposition tapes where they basically like admitted like, yeah, so we just kind of decided to break up as soon as, you know, everything hit the fan and and we were, you know, going to get arrested. So, but, so, so she's no longer with him, but she has found new love with um, some sort of a, a hospitality heir. And apparently they're engaged and are constantly posting like loved up photos of themselves on Instagram, which leads me, dear listeners, yes. for a plea. Um, please, if you can find Elizabeth Holmes's Instagram account, let me know because I've been trying, but I also have to admit I haven't been trying like super, super hard. And there are people who I know are way better at like Instagram stalking than me. So please help me find Elizabeth Holmes's Instagram account because it sounds bananas. It's and not doxing. We just want to follow it. No, it's not doxing at all. I just really want to see. I, a, I want to. I want to make sure Balto is okay. Yeah, yeah. we did not We're get an update on Balto post Theranos yeah. folding. Uh, exactly, and I, you know, she's she's in love, and I just want to see this this person who you know believes in her. Um, Here's, no, the whole it's it's amazing. So please, if you, if you find this, her, her Instagram, let me know. Is that I want whatever whatever she's having in terms of repressing stress and emotional oh, discomfort, because this whole thing is detailing, like as people are getting like interviewed by the SEC, she is like cheery and chipper and just carrying on with this boundless eerie optimism. No, she's like, everything's great. Everything's awesome. And then she's just like, Oh, but I, I, I she like, she said, and, and and other people who've who've talked about her have said this too. She thinks she's the victim. This is my favorite thing in the whole world. I don't know if she's a genius or if she's crazy or what. Like I, I genuinely don't know. Like, like part of me hopes that she's doesn't actually think that she's a victim. That she's smart, you know, and and realizes that she's been conning us all. But then part of me is kind of intrigued by the idea of what if she's just so delusional that she actually thinks that you know this thing that she made up is just going to happen, and. <laughs> That someday you're just going to be able to like prick, you know, a, a, a you know, a, a, you know, finger stick of blood, and and run it through their crazy machine that doesn't work, and it'll suddenly give you like actual test results. Like, what and if she, getting a million dollars for lies is totally normal and fine? Completely. Yep. And 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 that the, the like the, the delusions are just like fine. Like I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of a, a you know obsessed with the idea that she might just be, um delusional i don't know it's uh it's so weird i we're already at an hour 10 minutes but i have to give one more ball to thing please, before please we do. move on please. my second favorite part of this whole piece is elizabeth holmes 
in roles Balto in safety yes, in, yes, in, yes, in yes, safety yes, search yes. and rescue search, search and rescue, and rescue operations training uh-huh. for Balto where he would go in and he would like look for victims after hurricanes or flooding or building collapse and all of that and Balto flunks out of the program I love it so much it's so he's good. a wolf he's a wolf he's, he's a, a wolf. wolf he's not bred for search and rescue he's a wolf Okay. Hey, what are we up to this week? Christina, what are you doing? Um, working and, uh, it's, it's the beginning of the week. We're recording this a little bit early, so I'm not really sure yet. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, working and, and, uh, enjoying not traveling. Um, it's my husband's birthday this week. So happy birthday, Grantee. Uh, oh, uh, enjoying <laughs> the most expensive domain name I've ever bought personally. Uh, <laughs> Christina.dev does belong to me now. Heck, um, oh, yes. Yep. Yep. And uh, so, you know, uh, there's that. But uh, yeah, um, not 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 much. Oh, I'm still kind of mad about the Hostless Academy Awards. So I'll be brooding about that for the, oh, the next mm. few days. But it's fine. Brianna, what about you? Uh, my campaign has, uh, we, we shot a really, really great video, uh, for our campaign. One of the things, uh, we didn't do last time around is I didn't do like a, a bio video kind of, uh, talking about back, my background, talking about who I am. And it's a hard thing to talk about, like what it's like to have lost two sets of parents. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I was adopted. My parents, my biological parents gave me up. And, you know, my adoptive family basically disowned me when I came out to them. It's hard to talk about on camera, but I did. And I talked about how that kind of um, informs my commitment to taking care of people, like having compassion, making sure people are treated fairly. Uh, so this is, it's a really good bio video. Uh, it's uh, two minutes long and we're going to be having, that's going to come out uh, in the next few days. So Rocket listeners, I hope you will follow me on Twitter or sign up for our campaign's uh, mailing list. And I hope you'll get help me get the word out on that. Yes. I'll put that link in the show notes again. I forgot to watch it, Brie. I'm so sorry. You sent it to me and I was going to watch it and I oh, forgot until so just this moment. It was moment. an earlier draft of it. I'm it mad. Oh, uh, uh, what am I doing? My pinball video is going up this week. Oh, and I, I spent yes, yes, today yes. just doing something so ridiculous in After Effects that would that I just, I, I can't, I made something bespoke that was foolish. And someday you'll see it, and I'll tell you more about it when we're not at an hour 15. Christina, where can I find you online? You can find me at film underscore girl on the Twitters and the Instagrams. And you can find my videos that I make at work at youtube.com slash Microsoft Developer. Brianna? Uh, you can find me at Space Cat Gal. I'm sorry, no, Brianna Wu at Twitter. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Developer Brianna Wu. And you can find me on Twitter at Doom Quasar and at YouTube.com slash Polygon. And you can find this show wherever podcasts are reviewed and leave it a review yourself or share it with a friend and let them know to review it too because that helps us get found. Uh, it helps other people enjoy the show and then we can keep making good more shows for y'all to uh, more more good sandwiches with rotten meat in the middle for everyone to enjoy. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. This episode of Rocket is terminated. 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 Terminated.